Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Carry on baggage allowed. If you have flown in an airline lately, you know that they carefully weigh and they carefully scan our checked and our carry-on luggage. And I'm glad they do, right? It's necessary considering some of the stuff the people have tried to pack in their luggage and travel with. Some travelers don't know what traveling light really means, right? Some of them remind me of Mrs. Howell on Gilligan's Island. Packed 10 suitcases with 200 changes of clothes for a three-hour tour, right? I know of one incident in 2019, I was reading about someone, someone asked the TSA if they could board with an elk pelvis. No bones about it, that's what they ask. Never mind. I've seen passengers, though, wrestle armloads of baggage, often wondering, I'm already seated in the aircraft and they're coming down the aisle. And I'm wondering, how in the world are they going to get that in the overhead bin or under the seat? And, uh, I mean, that's a situation really that plays out every day around the world, portraying a true side, I think, of our human nature, which is that we have a tendency uh, to try and find comfort in, in all of our stuff, the stuff that we collect, the stuff that we carry, and uh, we're reluctant to get or let go of anything, so we would rather just lug it around us, um, and it just becomes baggage. Uh, and how many know if you attempt to, f- to board the airline of God's grace with all those burdens, he's going to say, I need you to unload some things, Right? I'd like to make three observations from this passage in Hebrews chapter 12 because I see it as revealing some important truths uh, regarding the baggage that we can carry in life. Number one is, observation number one, no one is bagless, right? This text implies all God's children have baggage. Come on, church. If you're anything like me, you don't like to talk about it. In fact, we prefer to keep our baggage out of sight, undisclosed. But I can't help but notice how the author here in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 makes a reference back to the heroes of faith from the previous chapter, chapter 11. And he refers to the cloud of witnesses okay, by whom we are surrounded by 
in this reference, and that is actually a reference back to the previous chapter, which describes all of those Old Testament individuals who we actually call heroes of the faith. And it should be noted that despite their heroic identification, Scripture clearly presents all of these heroes as having their own personal baggage. Do you know that? Abraham, oh my goodness, Father Abraham. He lied. Lied about his marriage. Moses. Oh, what a man of God. What a leader. Every pastor looks to Moses for his leadership skills, his humility. How many know Moses had a past? He murdered a man. Samson, oh, he was a ladies' man. Right? How about, oh, David? I love David. But he, he committed adultery. He committed murder. All of these heroes of faith had baggage. Yet they're identified as a cloud of witnesses for us. And ultimately, they serve as a reminder that no one is absent baggage. So we all have, how many agree we all have hurts? We all have habits, hang-ups, history, hardships. There's no one who is bagless. And the reality is that when we're growing up, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I had more of an idealistic way of thinking. Um, just so optimistic about the future, but then life happened. Right? Bumps and bruises along the way. And maybe somebody said to you, ah, you're never going to do anything right. Or, or you'll never amount to anything. Or, or I wish I never had you. Or maybe, uh, maybe this one, I don't love you anymore. Or, and suddenly, just like that, you've got baggage. It's not a lot. It's just carry on. And so we think we can manage it, learn to live with it. However, before long, we get more and more baggage. Maybe a best friend betrays us. Maybe the person that we thought was Christ in shoe leather isn't treating us so Christ-like anymore. And even though maybe we've tried our best, the one we love tells us it's not good enough, and they walk out of our lives. And before long, these negative words, thoughts, deeds, emotions begin to play on a continuous loop in our minds. And year after year, without even realizing it, the weight simply becomes unbearable. Does that make sense? Suddenly we find ourselves bowing under the weight of all the baggage. So, yes, everybody say it with me. All God's children have baggage. I thought of the Apostle Paul. He became one of the most powerful apostles. In fact, he contributed more to our understanding of God 
in the New Testament than any other apostle. In fact, um, the Bible tells us that crowds were saved under his ministry, crowds were healed, delivered, uh, entire cities were transformed because of his preaching, powerful preaching. But after his conversion, and that was dynamic in itself, but after his conversion, Paul was known as a guy that came with baggage. In fact, in Acts chapter 9, verse 26, it says that when he came to Jerusalem after his conversion, he tried to join with the disciples, but it says they were afraid of him, not believing that he had really, truly become a disciple because of his baggage. And the Apostle Paul, we find as he goes on, he begins to know firsthand that our past doesn't always stay in our past. Right? <clears throat> and he knew that until we deal with our past at the cross and close the door on it, then our, that our past still has visitation privileges. And however, none of Paul's baggage, though, and I like this fact, that none of his baggage stopped his destiny from coming to pass. Get that. Why? Because he found a way. He found a burden bearer. He found somebody, like Christ said, that he could cast his burden on the Lord. I wonder if there's some of you here this morning that woke up today and, and you hoped things would be different, but your past didn't stay in your past. The baggage that you left behind uh, without a forwarding address shows up on your doorstep recently. Well, if that's anybody uh, here this morning, I want you to know the Apostle Paul understands. He knew what it was like to be haunted by shame. He knew what it was like to persecute the church, harming good people, even taking innocent lives simply because he was so deceived. And so for those of you who think that everything in your life has to be perfect before you can come and serve God, I want you to know that God has a way. Praise God. I think Sister, Sister Venita referenced it in her testimony. God has a way of using ordinary, broken, wounded, hurting people for the sake of the gospel. Praise God. And the truth is, how many know it is the devil's job to remind us of what we've done or what we haven't done? And he'll tell us that we, what we have done is unforgivable and we are unlovable. He'll tell us that if people really knew what we were struggling with, they wouldn't love us. They wouldn't have anything to do with us. And so our enemy wants us to believe that God could never use a person like us because of what we've done in our past. But Paul had learned to demolish those arguments and bring down those accusations of the enemy in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 where he instructed the Corinthian believers. He said, you need to do what I've done and that is cast down imaginations, uh, bring into captivity every thought to, to the obedience of Christ. That is bringing our baggage to Christ, letting go of the past so that we're able to take hold of a future that God's got for all of us. All right, observation number one. Observation number two. 
So the passage reveals, number one, that all of us have baggage. Number two, this passage reveals what we're supposed to do with our baggage. The writer of Hebrews encourages us to, to make a habit of laying it aside. Like that person, uh, you know, perhaps who helps carry baggage at the airport or the train station or a hotel. How many know we need to have a habit of saying, okay, Jesus, you take it all. You have it all. Because the good news is, Christ doesn't leave us holding the bag of our past, but instead he comes and carries it to the cross. And at the cross, that's where the door actually closes on our past so that the enemy can't speak those lies continuously to us anymore. And the Apostle John in 1 John 1.9 doesn't say, you just got to keep dealing with it or you're hiding it or bearing the weight of it. He simply says, confess it. And if we confess it, he says, God is faithful and just to forgive us. How many in, in this house you've been forgiven of something? At least one thing. Praise God. How does forgiveness feel? I say it feels real good. In other words, God's grace is bigger than our baggage. Somebody ought to rejoice right there. I said, God's grace is bigger than our baggage. So some of you have been struggling with baggage of, of something maybe that you did five years, ten years, or even 15 years ago, and you would do well to give yourself the same grace that God has extended to you through Jesus Christ. And you see the power of our past is broken when Christ died on the cross. And so we simply need to make the decision, close the door on all the lies that we have heard in the past because we're not who what or who we've been or what we've done we're who God says we are now and today if we put our faith in Christ we're forgiven we're a child of God we're loved and we're on our way to a place called heaven somebody ought to say I'm heaven bound this morning regardless of what I've done in my past because Jesus forgave me you don't have to leave this place Carrying that baggage? All right. Look what John 1.12 says. To many as received him, to them gave he what? Power to become the sons of God. How many remember that when you were a child, your relationship with your parents was not based on the rules you broke? It was based on the fact that they were your mom and dad, and regardless of what you did, they were still mom and dad. Today, there are some that need to realize that you're not what you've done. Hello. I just really felt to, to say that. I felt that uh, as I prepared this sermon. You need to realize you are not what you've done, but you are who God says you are. And the Apostle Paul knew that he was a sinner. He struggled with the fact that he persecuted so many who had believed that Christ was the promised Messiah. In fact, he said in 1 Corinthians, I think it was 15, 9, he said, I am the least of the apostles. He said, I don't deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Today, I don't know what kind of baggage you're carrying, but I do know what God wants to do in your future. Hmm? 
And I believe he wants to write a new story. Oh, hallelujah. You know, Scripture tells us in Revelation 12 that the Apostle John hears a hymn of praise being proclaimed throughout heaven in a loud voice. It says the heavens were rejoicing because of, of Satan's defeat. And a proclamation was made in verse 11 of Revelation 12. And it says they overcame him by, somebody finish that for me, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so here's where I think it gets interesting. When our baggage meets Christ's blood, how many realize the blood always wins? Can I say that again? When our baggage meets Christ's blood, the blood always wins. Because our baggage is no match for the blood of Jesus. And I love the way Paul says it in Philippians 3. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the mark of the high column. You see, when we're in Christ, our identity is not found in what we've done. It's not found in our past. But when we're his, we're called to let go of things, to live free, to travel free, because we've been forgiven. And this is what Christ invites us to do in our second text in Matthew 11, when he said, come unto me, all you that weary and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. See, Christ says that because he can do something about our baggage. He can make such a claim like that because he knows he took all of our baggage and nailed it to the cross. And the problem is everyone in our culture uh, shouts the opposite, where Christ is saying, let, let it go. They're saying, no, you need to rehearse it. You need to relive it. You need to reminisce about your failures and your hurts and, your, and all the offenses that you have encountered in life. Now, I mean, oh, even the media tells us, don't forget, you, you got to stew over it and take revenge in some premeditated action. Listen, society in general teaches us, you know, you go ahead and keep your baggage. And, and what you'll do is you'll impress others with the strength you have to uh, bear up under all that baggage and, and carry that heavy load. Listen, friends, I'm not in this life trying to impress others. Hello, hello. So we end up spending our lives shouldering burdens and baggage and addiction and discontentment that leads to depression. Listen, friends, when you don't have to, all you got to do is cast your burden on the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord. Here's my final point. Number three, Christ cannot carry our baggage until we're willing to claim our baggage. Christ cannot carry it until you claim it. You see, it's one thing for us to collectively admit that every one of us has baggage, but it's another thing for us to individually say, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with. You know, the only way Christ can take our baggage from us is by us acknowledging that it's ours. The point is that our baggage must first be claimed by us in order to be carried by Christ. So this is an invitation for us. Admit it. Because he's already, Christ has already taken the necessary steps to carry it. Christ wants to be somebody's 
personal baggage handler this morning. Amen. And today, like Paul the Apostle, I hope we understand that none of the past, none of the disgrace, none of the, none of the uh, flaws and failures stop us from being a candidate to be used by God. You know, we've been talking here this morning about baggage, and my hope is that this message goes deep because there are some, I think, that you've put your faith in Christ, you've been forgiven of your sins, but how about this? You have yet to forgive yourself. You may feel like nobody really understands, nobody knows what you're going through, and somewhere in the back of your mind you're scrolling through your thoughts and, and you're hearing these voices that constantly say, you know, you're unworthy, you're not good enough, you don't deserve God's grace, you don't deserve God's forgiveness. And yet today I hope you'll understand that in Christ, in Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. You have been covered by the blood of Jesus. And so it's time, forgive yourself, it's time to stop carrying around the weight. Now, not because you're so good, I'm not saying that. Not because you're so smart, not because you've earned it, not because you deserve it, but because the riches of God's grace. Amen. Scripture says the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave can live inside of you can live inside of me. In other words, we are transformed, forgiven, because we have been changed by the blood of Christ. And the story of, of uh, that Christ told, I think it was uh, yeah, Luke chapter 15. We know it is the parable of the prodigal son. It makes it very clear. God welcomes repentant people. Amen. Right? <clears throat> You see in that story, and I'm not, going to say, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but let me recap. The father welcomes his shameful son home, and what's he do? He covers him with the best robe. He puts a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, throws a feast to celebrate his homecoming. In the same way, from the beginning of time, how many know God has gone to great lengths to restore mankind? He has gone to great lengths to remove shame from mankind and bring us back into fellowship with the Father. Today, God wants somebody to know that he sees you, that he's running off the porch ready to embrace you, just like the father and the prodigal son. He knows you haven't cleaned up. He knows you haven't had a bath, so to speak, spiritually. He knows you've been with the pigs, but he he still loves you. He still wants you. And in fact, he knows all about your baggage, the weight that you've carried around. He knows about your pain. He knows about the nightmare you've lived. He knows about the tears you've shed. Listen, he knows all your secrets, and yet he still says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He knows all about the duplicity that can be painful to us, the hypocrisy that comes and the baggage you bear. We all respond to our baggage in different ways. Sometimes we try to dress it up. Sometimes we try to hide it. Sometimes we try to bury it. But we cannot. Listen, folks, you can never take a pill and make that spiritual, emotional pain go away. Only Christ can take that away. So what are you going to do? I hope you're going to unpack this morning. Let's stand together. Unpack your baggage. Woo! 
somebody say, in Christ I'm free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody rejoice. <laughs> Life places burdens on us. God's love is a love that cannot be brokered. It cannot be gained or earned. It's not the result of human performance. God's love cannot be humanly gained, nor can it be humanly lost. God's love is deeper. It's more gentle. It's more gracious. It's more capable than what we could ever on the strength of human imagination alone ever dream of. Christ out of his love will carry every piece of baggage you've got in your life. And so our question I question you this morning. Are you going to trust him with your baggage? You going to let go? Some walked in here today with some baggage and now he's saying lay it down. Lay it down. Why? Because we have a father that's been looking out the window, standing on the porch like the prodigal father waiting for you. Some of you may have been Christian, may, you may have been Christian for years, but you're still carrying shame. You're still carrying guilt. Uh, anybody ever heard of Max Licato? Yes. Some people call him Max Licato. He wrote a book, it's called Traveling Light, and he said this, and I'm closing. He said, odds are you have luggage in your hands right now he said, somewhere between your first step out of bed this morning and your last step out the door, you picked up some overstuffed bags. He said, you don't remember doing that? He said, that's because you did it without thinking. That's because the carousel of baggage is not the one at the airport. It's the one in your mind. And the bags we grab are not made of leather, but they're made of burdens. The suitcase of guilt, the duffel bag of discontentment, the sack of weariness that you place on your shoulder, or the hanging bag of grief. Add on to that the backpack of doubt and the overnight bag of loneliness and the trunk of fear. Pretty soon you're juggling more luggage than a sky cap. He says, no wonder you're tired at the end of the day because carrying all of your baggage is exhausting. End of quote. Today, whatever bags you're carrying, I want you to know you can lay them at the foot of the cross. And you can pick up a new identity, which is baggage free. Somebody say baggage free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you what? Because our baggage does not define us, our identity is in God through Christ. Shame has. Listen, shame was never really ours to carry. God wants to do a new thing, so if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Christ is our ultimate 
baggage handler. Remember that old chorus, man, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back, says Jones, I'm going to go back. This was an old one. Remember it used to say, take your burdens to the Lord and what? Oh, I hear some of you mumbling it. A few of you probably haven't heard it. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Come on, anybody remember that chorus? If you trust him and never doubt, God will surely lead you out. If you take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Thank you, Jesus. Sis Jones, you remember that enough to sing it? Take your burdens to the Lord. If you trust, never doubt, He will surely. How many would step out of your seat and come and stand across this front and say, I'm going to cast my burden on the Lord? Is there anybody in the house that's got a burden or two? I want you to come. I want you to find a place to pray. While we sing this chorus, I think it would be very appropriate. God's given us a chance to respond and come unto Him, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Somebody can take home some rest today. Somebody can take home some peace of mind. Oh, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave them there. Somebody say, I trust you, Lord.